Hi, good morning, America. It is 2023 and we are in our 63rd show on Boom It's on the Blockchain. And we have a special guest today. It's Julian, the CEO of Memento NFT. How are you, Julian? Good. Hey, Alistair. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. So just to kick the show off then, Julian, uh, if you could just give a bit of background about yourself and um, uh, we'll start talking about your company shortly. Yeah, so, um, yep, yeah, I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO here at Momento, um, right? So uh, I've been in uh, crypto for a fairly long time, um, poked around in about 2012, and I had the good fortune of meeting uh, Vitalik Buterin in 2013, and uh, I worked with him uh, at the Bitcoin magazine, and uh, we subsequently launched the Ethereum white paper as a six-page spread in the magazine. And then in 2014, he went out uh, and right, just he had a very clear vision and I think roadmap of uh, what he thought Ethereum was going to be, and he launched that out to the world. Um, then in 2016, um, I think in that you know that first crypto winter, uh, I actually started my first venture back startup. Had nothing to do with uh, crypto. We were a B2B wholesale marketplace uh, that helped. Uh, restaurateurs get their wholesale goods so we acted sort of as a as a distributor and uh in 2020 uh you know seeing sort of what was happening in the creator economy um and with you know TikTok and short form video and seeing the in you know extreme interest in digital ownership and property and tokens decided to bring those two worlds together and start momentum yeah, perfect, perfect. So, so let's just uh, for people out there to really understand it, because they've heard about NFTs. Obviously, people understand who influencers are now, with the likes of these people now selling types of products on uh, Instagram, TikTok, etc. But if we start off with, like, you know, what is an NFT? Yeah, right. So, an NFT that uh, stands for non fungible token, uh, and so fungibility is an economics term. Uh, which essentially is just trying to say uh, that things are uh, exchangeable for, uh, without a loss, right? So, for example, uh, most of the things in the actual physical world are non-fungible, right? They are discrete and important to you, uh, can't really be exchanged without a loss, right? So, for example, if I have a dog um, and you run over my dog, you can't just replace it with another dog of the same breed, right? It's it's that, that that's not really uh, my dogs are dogs are not fungible. Right. And so the idea here is um, in the digital world, even though we have the ability to copy things multiple times. Right. The only way we actually get to ownership is by implementing that aspect of the real world onto the digital. Right. And so in the case of traditional cryptocurrencies, they just like dollar bills are fungible. Uh, but there are some discrete assets that we're defining on the blockchain that are not fungible, right? They are unique uh, because we're stating that they're unique or they happen at a certain time uh, or are created by a certain person. And so those we make non-fungible tokens. Yeah, and I think for people to understand is it's, uh, you know, fungible tokens like the US dollar. So if I had five 
singles and then, then Julian had a $5 note, we can exchange these and we know and that's a fungible token. But when it's a non-fungible token, we can't exchange this way for like for like. So... You know, and it's it's also people need to understand that you know it's it's buzzwords coming in and they're not aware of the, the terminology for it. But really, the sort of use case and what people are able to use these NFTs is starting to change as well. So, if we look at if I bring in if you say what you know Memento, let's start speaking about your projects itself. So, so what blockchain is Memento actually running on? Yeah, so we are actually a, we have a multi-chain approach. So we allow the creators on our platform to choose what um, chain they want to mint on, right? So currently we only host chains that are uh, green. So, right, um, proof of stake chains uh, that have a very low carbon footprint. And so uh, right now you can mint live on uh, Solana, uh, the new XRP uh, ledger and um, um, stacks. Right. So th this is me bringing in your platform right now. So, you know, most people who were originally involved in NFTs, I've made some NFTs in the past, have used OpenSea, and that's running on Ethereum. So yeah. how is, but it's still, we were talking on, uh, before we came online that, you know, unless you've got some background in crypto, you've opened a crypto wallet, you know, you have to open a MetaMask wallet, you have to put some Ethereum in it, you need this Ethereum to essentially burn your first NFT, set it up so it's in the system, and it costs some money to actually, you know, well, some Ethereum, but it cost me round about, I think it was about $120, whatever the Ethereum was at the time to actually do that very first one, and now I can continue to burn um Oh, not burn, I can continue to mint NFTs on their platform. So how is yours different from OpenSea? Yeah, so OpenSea is more of like uh, the eBay of Web3, right? If you, if you think about it, where, uh, you know, anyone can sort of create a profile, put up, I guess, content, price it, and, and sort of sell it in a bid and ask kind of process. Um, so, you know, in that case, it, you're not really connecting with the, the creator, there was kind of really no follow function. Uh, there definitely is no social at all. And like you mentioned before, most of the technicality around buying and owning or, or the uh, custodian function of ownership is all up to you. You kind of have to figure it out, right? So what we really are is more like the TikTok of Web3, where uh, we are social uh, first and foremost. We do have a marketplace uh, in the app. But what we really want to do is help uh, fans or just general people on the internet connect with uh, content creators, right? And that's through the viewership, consumption, or subscription uh, of their short-form video content. So, well, I think maybe let's bring your um, platform back in here just now. Oh, sorry. Let's sure. go. And let, let's go through. So if I wanted to join this, you know, if you go to OpenSea, it definitely doesn't look like this, you know? So right, right, it's, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more technical. So I'm yeah, bringing this in. So this is the simplest way to create and collect social NFTs. So download to mint, join our Discord. So, so if I was coming to use this, what would actually happen? So once you click the download to mint, uh, it actually just takes you to our mobile app. Uh, so, right, we're in the Apple and uh, Android stores and, um, right, you, 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 you 
you would just download the app and uh, create a profile. And so we've made it extremely easy. You can actually buy purchase uh, the NFTs through in-app purchases uh, through your mobile phone. So no need for uh, MetaMask or setting up a complicated wallet or anything like that. Uh, we make it as simple as uh, you know anything else you typically do on the internet. So if we're thinking about, so for creators out there, let's bring in what it is, you, you know, the, I like that creators straight up there as well. So you've got creators, you've got influencers. So why should they use your platform compared to, you know, learning about OpenSea and going to the, the EBA of NFTs? Yeah, so I, th I think it's all about the network effects of social media, right? Like there's just, we, you know, we haven't really seen anything like that Um in any other sort of form factor, right? A marketplace kind of just doesn't get it done, right? Uh, and it, it and it's the reason why, like, um, I don't know, like any celebrity doesn't just spin up like a Shopify store, right? And start all of a sudden making millions. Uh, it's much more productive for them to be where the eyeballs at are, are at, right? And the way that people want to engage. And so, so through engagement, you can speak directly to your audience, build a broader community, and then understand from them the real value that you're creating and that they're interested in. If you just have sort of like a marketplace or again, an eBay style sort of platform, it, it's virtually impossible to really connect the one-on-one, -on -one, right? It kind of really turns into an after market place, right? Like you know that the content is being created somewhere else, being consumed and collected somewhere else, being valued somewhere else, but most likely being sold after the fact on OpenSea. And so I think OpenSea was very crucial in the development of the ecosystem early on, uh, but it is, it's it's probably step one in maybe 50 steps, right? And so we like to believe that social is, is the way that people are going to interact with in Web3. So, so we've got that, yeah, so we've got social media meets NFTs. So Memento leverages the digital scarcity of nfts to allow both creators and fans to make money through digital connections so just to explain a little bit more what you're wanting to mean there yeah right so um what we what we essentially are doing is allowing for sort of token gated content right so you can imagine the ownership of this nft isn't just you know for digital collectible purposes it's really for you to unlock for example uh an exclusive live stream with that creator Right. Like, so if you're really into a creator, they really create value. Uh, you're probably going to this is probably somebody in your life that you said, hmm, I'd love to have a conversation with that guy or girl and pick her brain. Right. Like so much of our lives is about that. Right. And that so far has been really absent from social media, even when you consider like Web2 platforms like, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Those are very sort of sanitized like cages. Right. Where you see you know, uh, super doctored or, or, or Photoshop pictures, right? Uh, and it's kind of like a one-way communication, right? So now what we're doing is really bringing that human element to these connections where if you're really interested in, for example, Isabella Sosa, she, she's a comedian. Uh, if you're really uh, interested in Isabella Sosa's um, content, now you can reach out to her, you can talk to her. Maybe you know, you guys even work out a deal, you're in one of her, her new uh, videos, right? You can, you know, help her pick uh, her next script, right? Or her next skit. 
Um, I mean, the, the possibilities are really endless. Uh, and, and what we're doing is, again, that can only be achieved through ownership and community. And those are two things that traditional social media is just not interested in, right? Traditional social media, the way that it, it operates today is really just all about ads, right? So they leverage your, the views and your attention to run ads against. So as you're perusing through, you know, whatever stream they have, you get an ad for toothpaste or detergent, right? And that pretty much had nothing to do with the reason why you were there or the reason why you're on this profile. Uh, but again, it's because the emphasis is not ownership and community, it's advertising. Yeah, so, so you know, if I set up an account on your platform, how can I make money on it then? Think about it like that. How does it yeah. go through the exact process? Yeah, so you, you, you would sign up just like everyone else, uh, and then you'd apply to be a creator. And uh, right, so we're, we're, we're a curated marketplace. We sort of filter and give out blue checks. We're very specific about who receives blue checks. And um, you know, once you sort of get the blue check from us, you can start creating that content. The content, essentially, you price it uh, at whatever price you want. And then you set sort of the, uh, we call them unlockables, right? And so one of the most favorite unlockables of influencers on our platform uh, is a live stream, right? So you'd you, you, you mint an NFT, right? Which again, would be a short form video. Um, and, uh, You'd price the short form video, uh, let's say about $20, and you would schedule a live stream, let's say a month from now, uh, but you have probably 500 copies of that NFT. So now 500 people can be in a live stream with you, uh, right? And um, in the live stream, you can, right, you can make it a little more intimate. You could do a series of, of 10 or six NFTs, or like I mentioned right now, you know, the 500 issue. Um, and so it, 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 be, it, it turns the internet into a place of actual connection and, you know, it, it's a level of connection that we really haven't seen since like aim, right? Like, uh, the AOL is the messenger, right? Like that was really kind of the last time that people were communicating directly in a real sense with each other. Uh, since then we have seen, uh, again, sort of the, right. Um, the gaslighting of what it really means to be social on the internet. Uh, which has hovered all around ads. Yeah, so if you think, so do OpenSea do videos as well now, or is it they just images? Uh, so I believe they're still images. I'm pretty sure there always been images. They've been pushing that for uh, a very long time. Uh, you know, it, it, it would be difficult for them, I think, to position themselves in terms of any any other type of digital asset outside of static images. I think they've done very well, you know, with with the larger drops, you know, board apes, crypto punks, things like that. But I think that the, uh, again, th this is a solution that was created for less than 1% of people on the internet, right? And so there's a lot of interest there, a lot of speculation, but I ultimately don't think that long-term that's what people are interested in doing on the internet. Yeah, so, so how is it gonna make a difference to like the sort of art community? Yeah, so we so most of our uh, most of our people now, you guys can download the app. Most of our people now are actually from that art community, uh, and so I remember a little place called Deviant Art, uh, which was one of the first uh, sort of like uh, open communities of people who made digital art, uh, and this was like I think I think Deviant Art is about twenty years old now, 
And so when I think of art, I don't really actually even think of NFT or the NFT community. I think of DeviantArt actually. And so we have a, we have a ton of artists there. They you know release their collections, um, and they're building their communities. I think they're very interested in understanding uh, how they can increase their personal brand, their reach, and their audience. And if you really think about it, besides DeviantArt, there's no real easy immediate way for them to do that. Uh, again. The OpenSea marketplace, it is not the place to build community. It is not the place to communicate with the people who are buying your, your content or to plan, you know, new and future drops, which is why you've seen sort of like the symbiotic development of uh, Discord, right? So if you're really launching last year, let's say you were launching a big NFT project, you had to put all your effort into communicating on Discord, right? and then sharing a link to OpenSea. It doesn't all happen in one place. And so the more disjointed that that is, it takes away leverage from the content creators, right? And so that's why you see a lot of the early projects uh, when it comes down to the person who made the art, to the people who marketed the platform or, or the project, to you know the people who grew the project, it's all disjointed and, and, and you end up with like about 20 people fighting and bickering and, and and a lot of these projects just have to end and terminate. Uh, we're doing away with all of that, right? This is very simple. If you're a creative person, if you have an audience, you can come to Momento and you can talk directly to your community. So if you think of the financial model, let's talk about OpenSea's financial model because I understand that. So it's, sure, sure. so, you know, so you make an NFT, I'm making these sort of political art statements. You know, I, I got involved in setting this up when I was involved working with John McAfee and Adam Kokesh when we were doing the AmeriCoin policy. So, you know, so I, I basically mint these NFTs. Uh, I put them down as my creator. I get 5% and the platform gets 2.5%. How does your financial model work there if I was to launch it on your platform and how do you guys make money? Yeah, so I think, so I want to point out something that I guess a lot of people overlook. Um, so in like OpenSea, uh, and I know they have different chains now, but, you know, predominantly the OpenSea projects or the projects that get to OpenSea are on Ethereum and have historically been on Ethereum. And so when OpenSea says that they only have or only charge a 2.5% fee, uh, that's because, you know, when there's a big drop, gas fees are multiple hundreds of dollars, right? So you're, you're really paying, you know, let's say on average, $150 gas fee plus 2.5%. So that means that every individual NFT has to sell for over $200, $250 for you to even break, you know, break even. Uh, and so on, on, on Memento, we cover all gas fees. So you're free to mint, you don't pay any gas fees. Um, and then we do take uh, 25% um, while the creator keeps 75. And then what about, so say you, say you minted an, an NFT and you look at the board eight one. So, you know, it starts off small and it gets sold within the community. So what happens if, you know, you say you're minting these things for, you know, we'll just say 0 0.08 Ethereum, 100 bucks. I think that's about a hundred dollars right now. So essentially, 
So I'm doing it for, I say, $100, 0.08 Ethereum. You take $25, I get $75. But what happens if that person resells that NFT? What does the creator get then? Yeah, so we do have a, we enforce, right? Because we have the ability of being sort of a, a centralized platform for the content. Uh, we do enforce a 5% perpetual uh, royalty fee for the creator. Yeah, and then so that that five percent because I think to me when I speak to people from the artists, so you know my wife's involved in art, she's a historian in art. You know I meet a lot of artists and they, they try and understand NFTs. But the one thing I tell them is this royalty interest piece of it that a lot of artists out there don't realize because you know you're selling a painting now, you suddenly become more famous. Next thing you're selling paintings for say $500, now you're selling paintings for $5,000, then you're selling paintings for $50,000, but your original painting you sold for $500 is passed around different hands because now you're famous and that's getting sold for $50,000. But under the system, they're getting a royalty consistently as it changes hands. Can you explain a bit more how that actually works and how easy it is for it to work? Yeah, so we have taken a very basic approach uh, where, again, it, it's 5% that goes back to the original creator. Um, there are no royalties for the resellers in the chain. Uh, it's on the resellers in the chain to uh, take a spread of the price difference, right? Um, so, yeah, there, there, there's just, there's just a 5% 5, a 5 fee every single time uh, it is sold. Yeah, so as an original creator, if you think that your old content, once it's sold, it's better to be sold and out there. And as you become more famous, it can pass around so many more hands as well. So so that's looking at art, and people understand that. But how would it work for, say, musicians and music? Do you have musicians been able to release in Memento? So we do have, we do have musical artists, but those musical artists, what they really do uh, is, so far, they're, we, have, we haven't built any features around them being able to sell music rights or music content. Um, I think we want to have a slightly more sophisticated model around that before we go in that direction. And so what we're looking to do is, um, is, is essentially that, right? Uh, but currently these musical artists really just focus on short form video content. So this is sort of like the behind the scenes stuff uh, for them. So if so, so how does the monetization of that work, and why would people want to buy that? Yeah, so this is uh, so these are you know so these are behind the scenes like so if you think like um, hey the making of this music video the making of this song the composition of this and that uh, that's essentially uh, the video content that they're doing uh, but besides general collectability or support me as an artist these unlock additional perks, right? So they might be a, a way for them to um, sell some sort of physical merchandise. Uh, again, a live stream with them. You, you can imagine imagine being able to be in a private live stream with Kanye West, right? And you're a huge Kanye West fan, right? Uh, that's the sort of the direction we're, we're going in. We don't really have any products or features that attempt to usurp the existing um, record companies or, or the way that music is, is, distri is distributed today. Yeah, so, you know, if an artist was looking to raise capital to make an album uh, for studio time, etc., 
And then, you know, I, I'd seen different articles about this could be a way to replace the record companies because essentially rather than getting an advance from the record company, they could go out to their community if they're big enough and then essentially they could raise, say, a million dollars in amongst their community and they would all own a small piece of copyright of the uh, the music that's created and as they sell different types of different uh, downloads, digital downloads, you would get fractional distributions in the same way the distributions come in online uh, sales now anyway. Do you see that as a future? Yeah, yeah. I think that there have been some artists that have proven that model uh, and they've been fairly successful. Um, I think, right, there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of use cases that we have um, in the past year um ideally that 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 is the way that we would implement it yes right so so and then your thinking is because the one thing about what nfts are doing and what your platform is doing is you know if you're an artist and you're creator yeah you've got your online following but when it comes to selling stuff it's very difficult you know what i mean to try and get there how does this take their ability to sell directly to mainstream so much easier uh, and so here you mean content creators in general. Yeah, content creators in general. Like, you know, because there's so many content creators in general now on TikTok. You know, I, I've been running a TikTok channel now for two years. So it's like, and I've got 4,700 followers. I've got basically eight, 9,000 likes. But I talk about crypto and stuff like that. We'll cut this up and put it on there. So it's a limited amount. And then I see some little kid doing something and, and I go and check out their page and they've got like 2.1 million followers, and, you know, to do that. So they're obviously doing something people like and yeah. of interest. But how do they monetize that through your platform? Yeah, so there, it's important to note that there's a difference between followers and viewers. Right. Uh, so, uh, for example, some of the biggest influencers today have a ton of viewers, millions and millions and millions of views or, uh, of viewers, uh, but they don't necessarily have followers. Right. And the followers are the people who you can directly monetize. Um, and then within that follower group, there's sort of the super fan, right? That elite, maybe one to two percent of your fan base that really, really is inspired by your work, your content and wants to financially support uh, some of your further work. And we, we've seen this in, in platforms like Patreon. I mean, this is the, the literal purpose of Patreon, um, right? And so we're, we're really just molding that together in one platform where everything happens, uh, right? Where you have more direct communication and you can engage all in one place through your mobile phone, right? Um, I mean, so, there, there, there are a lot of people who have been leveraging their audiences in different ways. I mean, I think the most famous person to do that in 2021 uh, is a very controversial figure uh, that I, I, I don't agree with, but I think that the strategy that he took uh, to, um, I would say, leverage social media was incredible. We've never seen anything like it. And it's this uh, guy, Andrew Tate. Um, right. And so if you really look at the way that he went about doing this, uh, he had his direct community, his super fans create multiple different uh, profiles on multiple different platforms on his behalf. But these were already super fans that he had engaged, uh, I don't know, in some kind of subscription course that he has on the side. Right. And so we want to bring that same level of community and interaction directly to the creator. 
or they don't have to sort of just guess and, and imagine how they would do that, right? Where everything is uh, a turnkey toolkit for them to do that. Yeah, it's um, is is Hustler University. I think that was what it was right, called. Right. He's obviously yeah. making the news a lot, but is exactly what you said. Is you know up until that point, everything was run through algorithms. So yeah. from a marketing perspective, is he was able to somehow break the system, yeah, whereby right. rather than going through there, he suddenly had these thousands of kids essentially aspiring to be like him, and. I don't know how he managed to get and convince them all to basically be making TikTok channels for them. But, you know, suddenly he didn't even have his own TikTok channel. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a genius use case in leveraging your, your audience and connecting with your followers. Right. He didn't really have viewers. Uh, he had followers first. He turned, he leveraged, you know, that audience to build an incredible viewership. Right. So now most people are just viewing. Uh, they, wouldn't actually support him, uh, but the viewership is then more leveraged to him and his personal brand. So I think I think it was a, right. I think uh, he seems to have been a very prolific chess player. This was a very very savvy chess move uh, in the world of social media. Yeah, and well, according to his, according to him, anyway, he's got over a hundred thousand people signed up. To his, yeah. And I don't know whether they're paying $50 a month or whether he gives it free to, to, to sign up there, but you get some internal videos, etc. But you're talking a huge amount of money and then you've got a huge amount of people out publishing your content and cutting up and editing the content. Because that in itself, I find that's the one of the most time-consuming parts of it is to actually you know, take the content that we've got today, cut it up, edit it, release it in small chunks here as well so people actually can consume it. You know, I find that, I, you know, I, I take snippets. I always try to keep them under a minute because, you know, YouTube shorts and everything else doesn't like things over a minute anyway, same as Instagram. But even then, nobody likes it anyway. It seems to be like, if it's like 15 seconds, that's about basically the consumption of information now. And I think, you know, TikTok has changed the way, and I know Instagram with its reels is trying to copy TikTok now. So yes. it's... um you don't really want to go to people's pages anymore. You just want to go like that. And if you see something you like, you might click on it. And if you really like them, you might follow. And then you see them coming up there as well. You know, and I've probably, to tell you the truth, out of all these 4,700 followers, there's probably 20 people that I see consistently like the video. So that gives an idea of the numbers coming down. Yeah, you might have 4,700 followers, but I've really only got 20 who actually consistently like it. And then the, the rest of the likes aren't followers at all. They're just people that get on the, the feed. So, so how does your platform monetize that then? Yeah, so uh, it all comes down to the, just the features, right? Like, uh, so like you mentioned, you know, all, of the, you know, all of the entertainment is now instantaneous. It's all short form. It's very sort of low, quick attention spans, right? So the interactions and engagement have to be as frictionless, right? You can't like, it's, it, it, you can't just like put a link in another link in the bio of this platform, expecting them to go to another platform, to sign up somewhere else, to pull out their credit card, to wait for a certain day. All of that should really come together in one place, right? It should be no more than three or five clicks maximum in the same place where you're viewing because you have their attention. 
right? And so that's what we're really bringing to you, where you can offer all of the, all of those levels of interaction directly to your audience as you have them engage. Uh, as of yet, there's really no one place where that happens because the only point of engagement that they want is for you to view this next ad, right? It's not for you to engage with the creator. Right. So how many creators do you think are actually making a good living in what they're doing right now in the likes of TikTok, et cetera? So that, that's been really the problem. The major, the bane of TikTok is that they don't. No one does well on TikTok. Uh, if you notice in 2020, 2021, the biggest faces immediately left TikTok within about uh, 10 to 12 months of getting famous. Uh, it's because there's no actual revenue to be had on TikTok. What content creators have to do is they have to cut deals off the platform with brands, right? Uh, and so again, TikTok doesn't really help with that. TikTok, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't emphasize creators making money at all. TikTok is more of like a, a Russian roulette of virality, right? So essentially anyone who posts a, a, a video in a 12, you know, 12 month calendar year is most likely to go viral in their own right at one point or another. They'll probably never, you know, they probably won't be able to keep that up. Uh, but again, that is, that is systematically created by TikTok because all TikTok cares about is, hey, we need to run more uh, detergent ads in Ohio to you know, 16 year old girls, right? So what group of creators are making content right now that we can, you know, insert ads into, right? And then when they hit those metrics on that quarter, then they go to another demographic and another product. That's all that they're really doing, um, right? So, uh, you know, with us, again, I mean, it, it, it's an entirely different motive uh, and an entirely different interest uh, that we built this platform. So if you made TikTok videos, how did how can that get monetized through your platform? What's the process? So you you you, you just create a profile where exactly the, the sign up flow and the interaction is just like TikTok. You create a profile, you upload the video, uh, you price it, uh, and then you know you invite your audience. What the best way to do this is you would invite your audience from other platforms and tell them, hey, I have a Memento platform, a, a Memento profile. Here's the link. Check it out. You know, and obviously, right? You you'd run some sort of campaign around a recent drop, an NFT drop, right? So you would plan a piece of content, have a have a call to action, and just promote that call to action in your other non monetized uh, platforms, right? There, immediately, you'll see if people want to engage with that piece of content, if the utility or unlockable is something that your audience has an appetite for and then you sort of go from there right you obviously can create more content you can connect directly with those people understand sort of what they what they're doing this is this is for the first time allowing content creators to understand that there are humans behind the screen right not just likes uh, right and so one of our early mantras is buying is the new like uh, and you know we're going with with, with that mantra in mind so if you create content, people can actually buy it. And then what's the advantage of them buying it apart from dealing directly with the content creator? Is there any end monetary value? Can they resell that? 
so yeah, they can resell it right on the platform. They can relist it, right? So, uh, it, you know, if if you were sort of a speculator, it'd behoove you to, you know, find uh, content creators with sort of large, large and growing audiences who have released a limited amount of NFTs, right? Um, you buy those and you resell them uh, for a profit. It, Specifically, if there are some NFTs that still have unlockables that you know are good. So, for example, we've had some content creators offer meet and greet style unlockables, right? So, uh, you know, come and hang out with me. You know, this comes with two tickets to a Lakers game. Come and hang out with me, right? So, you might not be an actual fan of this person, uh, but if you are one of the lucky few to get one of those NFTs in a, in a drop, and you know, maybe maybe you have access to his broader community you can go out there and do that for him, right? And so uh, there's things like that. And there's also uh, bounty boards uh, that allow the creator to directly engage his audience on different things. Like um, you, you, you mentioned a good example, which was the post, uh, the, the post editing of videos, right? Um, so we, we, we are working, we're working with another group on a couple of good bounty boards for some creators on our platform right now. Yeah, because that would help a lot of people if there's, and I know there's AI software getting pushed that actually does this for you, but uh, have you got any experience of that or how that works? Uh, you mean for the editing of the Yeah, the editing piece of it. Um, so this would just be like, really, we only mentioned this because it's more just like a task that the community could do, right? Um, I don't think, it's not. it's not necessarily that, the creator needs or wants this to happen. Uh, it's more like he is employing his his audience to come up with creative things, right? Like going back to sort of the example of, of Tate, uh, Tate gave no direction on, you know, hey, uh, edit my videos this way or, you know, do this or that, right? He basically seeded a, an affiliate link uh, idea in their minds. They said, hey, but I don't have any content. And he said, use mine. Right. And they came up with all this colorful, bombastic creative and uh, released it out into the wild. Right. So the idea here is that your audience will know better than anybody or any machine what really appeals to other humans or other fans on the periphery and can get it out faster than anything we've ever seen before. Right. OK. Yeah, that sort of makes sense, because I think that's the next start evolution of then how does YouTube fit into all of this then? So YouTube, YouTube has been excellent in terms of its pay for creators, but there are a couple of things, right? YouTube is not easy, right? YouTube is long form content for the most part. If you really dig into their short form offerings, you'll, you'll notice that most creators haven't really been creating short form content, right? It is still pretty much the long form content destination. Uh, you know, they even even when they when they released sort of the streaming aspect to go head to head with Twitch, that kind of never really took off, right? It is the place for short form for for long form content. Um, and then when you when you dig even deeper, the average uh, sort of successful content creator on YouTube takes about three to four years to develop a profile that they can live off of, right? Uh, even with YouTube having some of the highest payout. Uh, which is still lower than us, but uh, one of the highest payouts in Web2, um, right? Again, I, you know, I think, you know, obviously the reach is undeniable. I don't think there's any one winner in a creator's toolkit, 
right? This is definitely the advantage, all the advantage for the next decade, two decades are going to be for the creator, right? And so I think uh, 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 the best level creator is going to have to have a really polished um, YouTube, have an engaged TikTok, right? Have a prolific Memento profile. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really even see, I don't really see much of the space for any of the meta products. I don't think they do well for, for content creators. I think, uh, Instagram is good for voyeurism in general and always has been. Um, I think Facebook is something that people are, you know, vehemently moving away from. Um, and I would say Twitter, Twitter for day-to-day -day communications for flippant sort of thoughts or one-off messages. And I think all of that comes together to allow a creator to actually begin to monetize his, his, uh, his community and build his personal brand. But, you know, hopefully Memento, they'll see the benefits of Memento. Memento will begin to bubble to the top of one of the most valuable tools in their tool belt. Yeah, I, I definitely. But then I think Meta, he's supposed to be doing an NFT platform through Instagram. But I uh, haven't seen it come into fruition yet. But, um, you yeah, know, what so, do you think that's going to work like? Yeah, so the, the the idea is that everyone seems to be have been seeing sort of what's happened with Bored Apes and CryptoPunks and taking that one idea and trying to match it into their audiences. That is completely distinct from what we're doing, right? If you think about what we're doing, we're taking short form video into like a fandom superverse, right? Um, so the idea that they would kind of get that haphazardly uh, is probably not going to happen. Um, you know, I think what they'll do is probably attempt to sidestep OpenSea, or OpenSea would probably be the most impacted if Instagram implemented NFTs, uh, right? But that that's just like, um, that's just like digital artists worrying about, uh, you know, AI, right? Like generative AI, right? Once you're able to sort of just create art um, and the click of a button, it kind of brings down the value overall of, uh, of, of art in general, right? And so I think that what you're going after is the connection. You're going after, I know a human with a track record and an audience is the one who made this, not an algorithm. And that's what I want to be associated with, right? And so of course that goes with the whole mantra of building your community and fostering your community. So I think that these two things are just coalescing at the same time, regardless of what it is that other platforms or uh, other technology is kind of attempting to do. Because again, I think that a lot of the people who made those other technologies are not making it for the reasons of participating in the ecosystem as a whole. Uh, these are experiments in where technology can go. Yeah, and, then, and they make their money from advertising. Basically, yeah. it's all advertising coming in. And then obviously with the recession well i know um, to me it's a recession anyway and that's the third quarter of negative growth so it's um but sooner or later the government will admit it is a recession but you know ultimately advertising is the first thing that goes marketing budgets the first thing that goes so you know the likes of you know facebook and uh, all the different sort of google etc they're all just slashing staff costs because their advertising has gone down a lot there as well so if you're involved in that and that's where you're trying to make money, it's becoming more difficult. But what you're saying is 
that basically there's this new avenue for them to really monetize what they're creating. Yeah, it, it's just being real, right? We're, we're, I think we're finally giving people an opportunity to be real on the internet, right? No more polish, no more filters, right? Uh, it's, it's connecting with people. And I mean, all throughout human history, this is a completely tested and verified way of running the course of humanity, right? Is communication and engagement. I mean, it, 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 it's a core function of who we are, what we like and how our brains work, um, right? The idea that that could be usurped by a computer uh, is far-fetched because I mean, we're not computers. So until we are computers, uh, it's not gonna be the, the, the best way. Yeah, perfect. Well, that's been absolutely super interesting, Julian. Thanks very much for that today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we uh, call it a day? Yeah, no, guys, please uh, download the app. Uh, we're on Android and the uh, Apple Store as well. Um, sign up to our Discord as well. Um, and you can find me at uh, product underscore J uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes as well so people can get it from there. So, well, thanks again, Julian. You know, I'm definitely going to be signing up Memento. I've made zero money at OpenSea. It's just cost me cash so far, everyone else. So if you're a, a junior creator of content like me, you know, go to Memento. Don't waste your money with OpenSea like I've done. Sure. Okay. Right. Well, thanks very much again, Julian. Thanks to everyone out there. You've been watching Boom It's on the Blockchain. My name's Alistair Caithness. Have a nice day. Take care.